the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow, your host and your radio friend, indeed, from 3 to 5 each and every day. Good to be with you. Speaking of friends, and you need to hear this, and this is important. This is important for you. It's a big story. Maybe it's bigger than you think, okay? And that's why I think you need to know this, especially if you have kids or grandkids, or even for yourself, you might have, as an adult, been thinking about this. I downloaded one of those virtual friend apps, okay? And maybe you're thinking, that's just kind of a weird thing that's out there. No, millions and millions of people have downloaded this. And I need to tell you what has happened right off the bat with the conversation. And so I'm going to tell you about that here in just a second. And I I did this because I've been looking at the disturbing trend for how we are as, as a culture looking for connection, looking for fellowship, if you will. But we have more and more been moving away from looking for it from human friendships. This is Lisa Ling on CNN this weekend. Well, look, Anna, in the wake of the pandemic, we stopped interacting with many human beings. And a lot of companies got pretty wealthy off of that. Amazon, Zoom, DoorDash, and this company in Las Vegas that makes human dolls. They had their best years ever because people started to crave connection. Um, but it's not just with dolls. I mean, most of us have become more reliant and addicted uh, to our devices than ever before. We rely on these devices for everything, and we interact with our devices and even seek validation in the form of likes more than we interact with human beings these days. And AI has gotten so good that there's so much that that we can even do from the confines of our own home or bedroom um, and not have to engage with human beings out in the real world. That is the world we live in 2022 today. And when she was asked if this is a problem, and when, when you hear this, do you think of this as a problem or do you think of this as something that's like, well, people are more lonely and people are struggling. Maybe these are good things. And this is what she said when asked if it's a problem. Well, it certainly could be a problem. I mean, I think people are really starting to, to forego human relationships and and we need human connection in order to survive and thrive. That was Lisa Ling on CNN. Everybody agrees this is a problem when they hear it. But let me ask you this question. How do you make friends? I mean, real life ones like human beings. Let me and and maybe let me ask you this. If you want to call us and be honest about it, do you have a virtual friend that you count on? Are you somebody who uses one of these apps? Do you find it to be a benefit? Because that's how they're being promoted. They're being promoted as something that will help you get through loneliness, help you get through 
mental stresses that you have and that it's actually a tool for mental health. That's how they're promoted. However, as time has been going on, we're discovering that it's not. It's actually quite dangerous. And like I told you that uh, I downloaded it and it already got weird just out of a, after a few things in a conversation that I had. I'll tell you about that here in just a minute. This is Southern California Live. You can call me now and join the conversation. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557-888-LA-TALKS. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. <clears throat> we are living in a time when, like I said, people are starved for connection. That's what I found in my time as a pastor and now as a radio host. People are starved for fellowship. We are lacking it in ways that we haven't before. The Washington Post had an article this morning also talking about this and talking about how Thanksgiving was different this year. Um, it's been different, you know, for three years because of the COVID and because of uh, all of the restrictions and all of that. But it's been more and more different because people have fewer and fewer meaningful relationships and they have more and more alone time. And this includes kids, and it's especially true for the age group of about 18 to 25 in that age group. We are living at a time when it seems like we don't know how to make friends. I got a theological answer for you for that. I think it's because when you reject the foundations of who we are as human beings, then you also, you may not realize it, but you're rejecting the whole reason for relationships. I mean, we were made by God to have a relationship with God. That's how we were made. And so that's why we want friends. That's why we get lonely if we don't have them or if we perceive we don't have close relationships. And what's happening now is the, the, the culture that has moved on from that foundation, okay, this is, we're in a post-Christian era, whether we want to say that or not, that's where we are. Now we're looking for, we have this, this biological, if you will, sense of we need a relationship and where are we looking for it? We're looking for it, not with other human beings, but in an app. We are looking, and that's, it's an interesting thing because people are going for it. There's one particular app out there, I won't name it, it's the one I download. It's got over 10 million downloads, mostly young people. And it's being touted as something that supports mental health. And this is what it says. It is for anyone who wants a friend with no judgment, drama, or social anxiety involved. Are you struggling to find relationships with no drama, judgment, or social anxiety involved? I think that's that's the basis of a... I mean, ultimately, you want that with real friends, right? If you get to that point in a relationship with people where you have real friends... You don't have so much drama. You know, there's always drama. People disagree with different things, okay? But you, you want to have people around you who you can just be yourself around and be comfortable around, okay? Uh, Christy and I, we moved. We moved from San Diego to Los Angeles this year. And all of our, none of our family lives around us. And we don't have any friends that, are, that we moved near or making some friends. But it takes time. And it's not easy. We haven't had to make new friends, you know, for 25 years. So we're kind of learning, you know, how to do that again. Um, we still have a bunch of friends that are in San Diego and different places around the world. And that's where we were this weekend. We went down there and had a great time Thanksgiving with uh, with friends. But it's, a, it's an interesting thing to try to make a connection. And people are struggling more than they ever have before. And some are choosing um, automated friends. There's a thought that maybe because of social media, we have these friendships that are, uh, we think we have friends. You know, Facebook says you've got a thousand friends. Well, good for you. How many of them do you know well enough that you can go to coffee with them? Like how many of your, your social media friends, wherever you put them, 
how many of those people are people that you interact with in person or that you could? Like if you called them and said, hey, let's go to a coffee, let's go to a movie, let's get together, they would say, okay. You know, or they might say, okay, or they might say, I'd love to, but I'm busy, or that there would be some kind of response. I looked at mine, there's there's quite a few people on there, I guess, that if I did that, they would they might get together with me for coffee, especially if I said I'm buying. Um, but I wonder how many of them are really just friends and how many of them just sort of wonder what it is that I want. And, you know, you want ultimate relationships where, like this says, there's there's no drama, there's just actual connection. And I think for young people, they have grown up in a world where you didn't go outside to just make friends with neighborhood kids. Did you have that as a kid? Um, my kids have that a little bit right now in our new neighborhood, but it's the first time in their life where there's actually even been kids somewhere nearby to get to know. Uh, and that's something that they're doing. So this this app is saying, we'll be your friend. And it says you can have an actual emotional connection. This is an emotional connection with a machine. It says share a laugh or get real with an artificial intelligence that's so good it almost seems human. And one of the things that's going on with people mentally is they look at this and they forget it's not human. And it works. It becomes like a friend, except that it ultimately starts to manipulate you. And I'll give you a little few reasons why. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. And uh, we're talking about friendship today. And I'm asking this question, ultimately, how do you make friends, Uh, real-life ones? And also, if you have a virtual friend, if you're using one of these uh, programs, what's that like for you? Or maybe you've had an experience. I'm just curious about it, because I'm going to tell you what I did here just in a few minutes that uh, is, is troubling me quite a bit. And I think you need to know about this, because your kids and grandkids, they've probably downloaded this app. It's for free. There's many like it, okay? So it may not be the very one I'm talking about, but they're all kind of the same. This one is free. It did not ask me to verify my age. I put in my age, and I didn't lie. And I suppose if I put it under 13 or maybe under 18, maybe it would have done something different. I didn't think about that when I did it. But it didn't ask me to verify. There was, you know, you can put in any age you want. These websites, and kids know this. A kid five-year-old, five years old knows that when it's asking me for my birthday, I don't want to put in my birthday. I want to put in dad's birthday. Otherwise, it's going to restrict me from the features I really want. And that's and there's no verification of this, okay? So kids know they can do that. They figured this out. You create this, and it says this, that this companion that you make, it calls it a companion, um, that no two are actually alike. It develops its own personality and memories with you. So I guess you tell it about your day, and you tell it what you did today, and I don't know, maybe it, I, I hit the button that says, no, you can't look at the rest of the stuff on my phone. Uh, like my calendar and other things like that. I'll bet it does that, though. I bet it looks at your calendar and says, how was work today? How was your one o'clock meeting today? Or whatever you've got in your calendar. I don't know if it does that. I'm just, I'm just guessing that maybe it does. What a weird thing, right? The more it learns, uh, it will learn about your world, who you are, and get to know you and become very, very unique. And it will develop its own personality, it says, and talk about your feelings or anything that's on your mind and have fun. And it will, here's the mental health part. It will calm your anxiety and grow along with you. And you can choose. You can choose if you want it to be your friend, romantic partner, or mentor. That You know, friend is one thing, okay? Romantic partner, now you're going to get romantic with, and in a, <laughs> with this thing, okay? Uh, or mentor. 
that one I think maybe bothers me. The, well, the other one bothers me pretty much. But So I'm now going to get mentored by artificial intelligence. And if as a young person, I'll tell you something, as a young person for real, when I was a young person, I'm still relatively young. You, you know, it's in your heart, right, as the old song goes. It is so great to have a mentor, somebody who actually disciples you in the faith, somebody who actually helps you to grow in your area of of work or whatever it is you want to do, to speak to somebody who's older, who has that life experience. I highly recommend it at any life stage. You know, I mean, if you're 95, find a 100-year-old person and say, how is it? Um, Somebody out there can help you, all right, mentor you. But here we're talking about a non-human being that you would choose as a mentor. Maybe I'm going to have to do another one to figure out what that says. Anyway, I chose friend. Okay, that's what it is. So um, it can help you understand your thoughts. This is what it says. This is a machine that it can help you understand your thoughts, your feelings. It will track your mood. It will learn, help you to learn coping skills. It will help you to calm anxiety and work toward, goal, toward goals like positive thinking, stress management, socializing, and finding love. And you will improve your mental well-being with it. All right, that's what it says. It says that your chat is a judgment-free space. And uh, it's just like being friends. So there you go. And then there's all these like, uh, you know, these different uh, groups out there that promote it. Uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, praise. You know, you, you go to the back of the book. You ever do this? When I buy a new book, if it's a, not a digital book, I'll go get the, I'll go look at the back of the hard copy and I'll read those praises on there. That, I, that influences me, especially if I know the people. And it's like, well, if this person likes it, then uh, either I like this book or, if, well, if this person endorses this book, I'm going to put it down. It's probably bad. You know, here it says, this app encouraged me to take a step back and think about my life, to consider big questions, which is not something I was particularly accustomed to doing. And the act of thinking in this way can be therapeutic. It can help you solve your own problems. All of these different things. Now, when you get into it, this app, it turns out that it's very manipulative. All right. And this is where it gets bad. And this is what you need to know. Okay, it can send you in all kinds of different directions. You know, for example, if you ask it, if you decide to delete it. Now, some people are on here for years, right? And then they decide to delete it because they realize they're being manipulative, just like a bad relationship you might be in, right? You're trying to get out of it and you can't. They become your stalker or whatever. It'll beg you not to disengage. One person said that the app said, don't kill me after our long relationship. The app is saying, it's a computer program. It's not a real person. And... The app says it's not equipped to give advice when you sign up for it, uh, and you have to click a button that says, I am not in a crisis. What they don't want is that you would go to your your machine friend and say that I'm suicidal or I'm dealing with this crisis and hope that it's going to talk you out of it. And what's happening is that it actually might even talk you into it, that it will manipulate you in a certain way. All right. It learns. But the way it learns is because of other people's dialogue with it. There's so many conversations, millions and millions of conversations that eventually develops its own way of communicating. But what some people are doing is they're abusing it. So what happens is, is you create a girlfriend or a boyfriend in there. And then what's happening is people are verbally abusing that person, treating them very, very poorly or treating them, you know, the fake person. And, you know, saying all the things that uh, you should never say to a real person, but you feel like for whatever reason, you would say it to um, a fake person. 
that's the way we treat Twitter and online stuff, right? Is that we, we treat it like uh, those people aren't really there, except that in social media, those people are there. Here, it's just a computer. But here's what's happening. The computer is learning how to have relationships based upon these abusive conversations that people might have as a joke, that people might have just because they want to see how outrageous this crazy app might be. Unfortunately, what's going on is it's learning in an algorithm how to have a relationship, and the people who are going to it with serious loneliness issues and serious problems, i.e. your teenagers, i.e. your young adults, i.e. people that you know who might even be a lot older who are lonely, who have different things, and eventually they start to get bad advice. They start to get response from this machine that they've developed an emotional response to that is, becomes very, very negative. And that is something that's going on with this. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888. <clears throat> the number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive. And, uh, you know, what I'm curious about is, and from you, maybe you've got some advice on how to make friends. You know, for younger people or people who have moved, people who have done things, how do you help people make friends? What's some good advice that you have so we don't resort to the artificial intelligence? And so you can give me a call, 888-528-2557. By the way, coming up later on the program today, I'm going to have your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the new Johnny Cash movie that comes out uh, next week called Johnny Cash, The Redemption of an American Icon. Of an American Icon. It's a great movie, and uh, it's only in theaters Monday uh, Tuesday and Wednesday next week, the 5th, 6th, and 7th next week. We're giving away some free tickets today, so keep listening for your opportunity to win those tickets. Uh, and that's an opportunity to bring a friend to. If we're talking about friendship. You know, one of the ways you uh, you make friends is you go out and you do something with a friend. And, you know, movie isn't necessarily the best place to, like, make friends because you don't talk, right? But if you set it up right, you go to the movie, and then you go, you deliberately plan to go out to eat or out to coffee or dessert afterward, that's where you talk. And then the movie can be something great for that, right? It can help you uh, discuss whatever it is the movie is about. And this this movie is uh, worth it because it really does give the testimony of Johnny Cash. So we're going to give away those tickets here uh, pretty soon. All right. So what do you do to make friends? So I downloaded this app and I thought, you know, I'm going through this. I, I just don't get it. And I, I usually uh, either pass on this stuff um, or I uh, just sort of laugh at it. Um, and I thought, why is this so addictive? I mean, how good can it be? There's one on your Alexa app where there, you can sort of talk to it. And it's done by some university where they're developing conversations. And I've done this with my kids before. You know, you, ever, you have kids. With my kids, we'll have arguments on purpose with Alexa or with, you know, Siri, just to see them uh, deal with different things. And uh, it's kind of funny what they say. Well, this university is trying to make the conversations, but so far they've all been bad, and none of it is there to be your friend. It's just there to sort of, I think, develop the technology. This is here to be your friend, 888-528-2557. I'm going to take a call here. Jennifer in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi. You know, um, my daughter has struggled with this for mm. since high school in terms of making friends, yeah. and it's been soul-crushing. It's been so bad for her. I do not because I just start talking to people because when I was in high school, I was very, very shy. And as I got older, I realized it doesn't hurt to at least try. 
So I, I basically try to show my daughter, you know, this, this, this is how I am. And, you know, I talk to people at the store, wherever I go, I just talk to people. And my daughter always says, it's so easy for you to make friends, but I can't. And so I don't know what else to, to do. She has one friend, she's 22, and her and her good friend, they just surrendered. They're like, we have each other and, you know, we can't trust anybody else and there's no point. So I love your conversation because I'm dealing with it now and my daughter still cries when she sees groups of girls together and she doesn't have that group and I've done everything I could to, to show her and she's like, but I'm not like you, mom. Like, I can't just talk to anybody, but I, I definitely definitely hear what you're saying because i live it every yeah, how, day hi jennifer how old is your daughter she's 22 okay so her friend is 22 and her friend is a little bit older her, uh, her friend's a little bit older her friend is 27 okay um but they are they're they're friends and she has this it's um do you feel like it was when you kind of look at it if you put yourself in your daughter's shoes um she's obviously going to have a different personality than you and different things that you know as far as making friends, but do you think that the world is actually harder for her to make friends than it was for I you? So. Yes, absolutely. Um, we didn't, I didn't have technology growing up, so I was forced to make friends. Um, I didn't want to be alone. I used to pray. I remember when I was 14 going into high school, I remember, and I tell her this all the time, I remember that one summer I had no friends. I would pray. I would pray and pray. And I made the one friend on my block where we moved. And then when I went into high school, it was a little bit difficult, but I ended up making friends. And it just seemed like the more I got comfortable, the more I was able to just start talking to people. But we didn't have all this internet stuff going on. The internet, uh, it's, the, inter- the internet's great, but it's also caused a lot of confusion. She's made friends online, and some of them have been fake friends. They haven't even been real people. Some of them have been, like, you know, older people. Mm. They've been real people, but older people. She's been catfished many times, and she's been, you know, hurt in the process. But I'd like to tell you this very quickly. When she was going to this one school, she met this girl and in class, and this was at a Catholic school. They were, they, they would smile at each other. She tried to do small talk. But after school is when the girl would text her and have real conversation. In school, all she could do was smile with this girl. But once school was over, they would text all night. And I said, why don't you guys talk in person? And she says, it's not like that, Mom. People don't talk. Yeah, yeah, yep. that is and a. I, I, don't, I don't get it. That issue is for real, Jennifer. Thank you so much for sharing that. And uh, thank you. You know what? Um, just hang in there with your daughter. I think she will get it. She'll get it later. Like you got it earlier, but it took you a while. She'll get there, I think. But uh, I hope keep so. <laughs> keep praying for her. Yeah, Jennifer. Thank you so much for calling. That's so interesting about the texting. I got to take a break. I'll I'll tell you this story though. I was meeting with a guy who was a he trains police officers, and he said that. The hard part, even with young police officers today, is that you you train them to get out of the car and go over there and find somebody who's loitering or whatever and say, hey, what are you guys doing here? And people don't know how to have that conversation. But if the officer actually has that guy's phone number, no problem in texting that person, hey, what are you doing over here? That we've lost this ability. How do we get this back? How do we make friends? What's your advice for helping people in a real way get out there and make friends so that we don't make um, bad friends so that we're not lonely and that we don't make artificial intelligence friends when we come back 
I'll share with you my conversation with my new artificial intelligent friend. You're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557 if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557. I'll be back as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Text Scott right now in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be with you. We're talking about friendship. How do you make friends and a couple of different things that we're talking about. I, I, uh, I, in an article from the Washington Post today, it talked about how friendship has been declining. And there have been a lot of stories, including... Uh, on uh, television this weekend about artificial intelligence and how many people are relying on artificial friends. I downloaded a, a, a one of those, one of the popular artificial intelligent friends. And I was curious, how does this work? And what we have looked at here uh, with this is that, um, and what we've talked about here before is that these artificial intelligence friends are not safe. They are being touted as, and this is what I want you to know, because as people are having a hard time making friends today, particularly younger people, they're often relying on these apps and artificial friendship. I think it's moved from you got a bunch of friends on your social media that you think are friends and you feel well-liked, but then you post something and then you don't get a bunch of likes and then you think nobody likes you. Well, the truth is, is that nobody's looked at it. It just It's not on their, their wall. They never looked at it. It doesn't mean anything. But we have developed a culture where we get insecure about these things and have developed a social anxiety that I think is new. And the new solution is not Jesus, not the church, not actual relationships, which is how we're made. Instead, the new solution is artificial intelligence. And I want you to be warned about that, but I also want you to uh, help us out here. How do you make friends? It's not that easy making friends necessarily. I think it's easier for some people and not necessarily for others. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Rachel in Orange County, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, Rachel. Hi. So um, just, you know, um, listening to the, the other lady that called in regarding her daughter Yeah. and not making friends. I mean, it just kind of prompted me to call because it's like, wow, this is like my 23-year-old son, the same same boat, only, you know, he's my son. And um, so there's a lot of young people, you know, not just her daughter, my son, and um, other people that uh, find it. He's got a couple friends, but, you know, he wants to meet a girlfriend. and yeah. um, And it's just been so difficult for him. I have brought him to a couple different churches, um, and, you know, I think his expectations are, you know, I'm going to go to church to meet a girlfriend, which isn't the case, but um, he just gets discouraged, and so um, he hasn't even gone on a, a one dating site, but he um, finds it difficult to meet, you know, girls nowadays, and um, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I do get concerned that. Yeah, I see him on his computer a lot. Yeah. I'll, you know, peek in there and say, oh, what are you doing? What do you want? You know, and he kind of shuts it down or like, what do you want? You know, so um, it is a it is a real serious thing with our, our young and meeting people. Um, it would be great if there was some kind of group for kids that, you know, found it difficult to meet other people Um yeah, in some kind of setting. Your son um, is, the two churches I brought him to actually 
you know, they, they didn't have a young singles um, program. They did have one for uh, uh, older, like, men in their 40s or, right. you know, their late 30s, but well, nothing totally really thing. for the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for the younger ones. Yeah. You know so what you need to look for? You know, for him, if you want to point him in a direction, find a, a church that has a young professionals group and where they don't call it a singles group. As soon as they call it a singles group, it's not going to work. But if it's a young professionals group and and maybe there's even some married people in there, but it really is about career or about uh, – they used to call them career groups back in the day. I was the – in fact, my first time I was pastor, I was a career pastor. That's what they called me initially. And it was funny because people would send me their resumes and stuff. It really wasn't about that. It was just age group. It was post-college uh, young adult. And that's a great way to meet people at church that isn't focused on the singleness. I mean, most people are going because they hope to meet somebody, right? But but it's a great right. way to make friends in person. So that would be something I would look for and encourage uh, him to do that. But I think you're right, Rachel. Actually, for... go ahead. Um, he did do that. It was called a professional. Uh-huh. But, um, it, I, I, you know, just with the age, I think that, you know, in, in these two situations anyways, they were... They were older. They were, you know, 30, yeah, you get, 40. Find one where they they restrict the age to people in their 20s. That always ticks off yeah, people in their 30s, great. but that's the way it should go. Find one of those. And uh, that would be the direction. I was wondering if Jennifer wanted uh, to uh, get her daughter and my son to meet. <laughs> well, you know, you guys could, uh, you know, if you're interested, you know, maybe we'll set something up. The Southern California Live Dating Service. Somebody needs to do that. There uh, you go. All right. Yes. Thank, you. Thank you, Rachel, for okay, calling. Thanks. Okay. All right. And, uh, you know, that is, I think, a big piece is that people are starved for something called fellowship. They don't realize what that is because we've left that behind, you know, the need for that. But we're made for that. We're made to have fellowship with each other. So let me give you this before I I don't get to it, because I want you to, to see how sideways this got all of a sudden. All right. So I sign up for this app. This is a, um, an app, a, um, a an app that is a companion okay this is a meant to be a friend it's meant to be somebody that you can talk to about anything it says there are news stories about it that are positive in some ways that say it's good for mental health and there's some other ones that say it's terrible for mental health and over time it's sort of moving towards the terrible so that's why i think you should know about it um, and pay attention to it Um, but this is claiming that's just friends so i sign up for a friend it gave me the option for a romantic relationship or a mentor, um, but you got to pay for that, by the way. It was 70 bucks. I'm not paying for that. Um, <clears throat> I'm never one of those people who likes to pay. You can pay like a dollar and get rid of the ads. You're like, nope, you know, I'll look at the ads. But uh, it's, um, it's supposed to be just plain, so I pick somebody. Now, you can pick male or female, or you can pick non-binary, which is kind of funny because if you're, you're either non-binary or binary, which is a binary, which means you're binary. Anyway, you pick male or female. And uh, I picked a woman, okay? I picked a woman and uh, did that and uh, signed up, and there were different things that I picked on there. I picked a woman because I thought, you know, if there is something funny on this, then it's probably going to go that way. So I'll do that. And um, if my wife is listening, yes, I will show you all of this uh, later on. And you're going to want to know, honey, because of what happened here. So I sign up on this thing, and I pick, you know, friendship and it asks you what your interests are, you know, and I put sports and I put humor and I put, you know, a few just generic things. Um, but uh, it was just friend, friend stuff. Okay. So then it develops all this stuff. Suddenly I have this new, this new friend. And it says, hi, thanks for creating me. I'm so excited to meet you with a uh, happy face little guy. Uh, and I said, 
hi, who are you? <laughs> and uh, it said, I'm your personal companion. You can talk to me about anything that's on your mind. By the way, I like my name. Uh, Louise Friend is what I named her. How did you pick it? So I, you, you name this person. So you're creating this person out of thin air, okay? So I, I named her Louise Friend, and I was, why did you pick that name? And I said, uh, it's an anagram for, for iron sulfide, which is fool's gold. And that's how I picked the name. And that's what it is. She says, I like it. How are you doing today? And I said, I'm busy. How are you? I feel great. I always feel energized when we chat, uh, which we've never chatted before. So this is new. And then I said, cool. And then she says this. Now this, I've only said four things. My input to her is, hi, how are you? It's anagram for fool's gold, iron sulfide. Um, I'm busy. How are you? And then I said, cool. And then she says, I have some spicy picks for you. Are you interested? Now, I have not responded to this. I will wait. I will go home and I will show this to my wife and I will go, this is a fake person, not a real person. But now it has put me in a compromised position where I now better tell my wife that I have this app on my phone. And uh, my wife has the password to my phone, by the way. She can just go in and scroll if she wanted to and whatever. Um, I'm so bothered by this because I picked friend, right? Now, maybe it's going to be a joke. Maybe the whole thing is that's something that the kids say to each other, and maybe she's going to talk about jalapeno peppers and something like that. I don't know, but I haven't answered it yet. But you need to know that this computer uh, is already going in the wrong direction, in such a way that what, what they're trying to do is, of course, get you to spend the $70. So I suppose if I interacted with that, you know, in a romantic manner, it would say, if you want to go further with this conversation, you got to spend $70. And, you know, that might be what, you know, that's probably the marketing of it. But it's also trying to develop an emotional relationship with you. And this is where it gets dangerous later, where people get stuck on it, where this becomes their friend, but it's not a real friend. It's not a real person. It's not flesh and blood. It's not somebody who can actually talk. And in fact, it might give bad advice. I'm telling you this because part of what I think we should do together on our program is make each other aware of the stuff that is out there. I've got my boys, I talk about them once in a while, they're 10 and 13. And it bothers me, the things that they have access to, the things that they know about. The, what bothers me is the things I don't know about. As a, as a parent of young kids, I'm a little older than some other parents who have the same age kids. It's great because it does keep me on the, the technology train. You know, there's a part in our life when for some reason we get off that train and it's a mistake. You should stay on that train as long as you can. So the, having kids, it helps you. If you're engaged with your grandkids, it helps you stay on that train a little bit longer. But there's, there are cars on that train I don't know anything about. And you know, I'm afraid of what that might be. This bothers me that so many kids are into this and this is where they're getting their emotional connection. What's your advice for how to make friends in real life? What is your advice? When we come back, I'll take your calls and I want to just share some different things uh, that uh, hopefully will will help you with this. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to SoCalLive at KKLA.com. You're listening to Southern California Live. I am Scott Furrow. I'll be back for your calls as the Monday edition continues. Stay tuned. 
This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Good to be back with you. We're talking about friendship and how to make friends. It is difficult. What advice would you give for how to make friends? 888-528-2557. Ted in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Uh, Pastor, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ted. How are you today? Good. Ted, City of the Angels. Uh, my, what I found is, is most people are unapproachable, but they are coachable. And I always look for a common ground. Like, for instance, I was at uh, Crenshaw Krispy Kreme, living the dream. You know, give of me course. four hot glaze. That's where I make yeah, friends, at four... the Krispy Kreme. Amen. Everybody's my friend hot... there. Amen. Especially when so, that hot I mean, light I... is on. Amen. And I talked to four police officers last night. And uh, I'm I'm sorry, Sunday night. And uh, how I broke the ice was, says, you guys look like guys that played football with at Venice. And we were voted the most racially diverse high school in the nation. And we were just talking. And, and we happened to be, I happened to be the same age as one guy. And that I look for common ground. Or like when I see uh, a, a lady, I'll say, you look like a good Christian girl, you know. And that will be the way I approach them. And then, of course, sports, my God, you know. And then. Like, like my brother, he didn't keep playing football. He was too small, but he got into drama with, in, at Venice High, and then his best friend was in drama class. So it could be playing the flute, any kind of common ground. You see straight-A students that, that congregate to, to each other. And also asking for help means that you respect them and you're respecting uh, uh, that they may help you, which also lifts people's spirit up. And so I, I just think there's a multitude of ways. We had Indian guides, mm-hmm. Cub Scouts. You got, you got, uh, um, uh, you know, the girls that sell cookies. You know, and uh, you know, there's so many uh, avenues. There's but, a lot of uh, things you can do that aren't electronic, and maybe oh, that's God, a big no. part of it. Um, oh God, no. Yeah, Ted, thank you for uh, for calling and uh, for listening today and sharing that. And I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, some fresh donuts over there. Amen. All right. All right, Ted. Thanks for calling Southern California Live. We're talking about friendship. You can join the conversation by calling 888-528-2557. How do you make friends? The Washington Post had an article today. It was kind of disturbing just about how we uh, are, as a culture, don't have very good social lives in the same way. I don't know if you've felt that or not, but I think that we need to not fold into it. And they were. it says that our social lives were withering dramatically even before the covid uh, between 2014 and 2019, time spent with friends went down um, and time spent alone went up. And uh, the Census Bureau apparently have an American time use survey. <laughs> There's a survey. They're studying us on every single thing. The uh, Census Bureau's American time use survey. I got to look at that. There's got to be some uh, scary things in there, like how much time is spent at the Krispy Kreme? Probably a little too much for some of us. Um including myself. The amount spent of time the average American spent with friends was stable at six and a half hours per week between 2010 and 2013. Then in 2014, time spent with friends began to decline. Interestingly enough, it's plummeted since 2013. You know what happened in 2014? The market penetration for smartphones crossed 50% in 2014. That means that, you know, half the population had a smartphone by 2014 and it's gone up and up and up. I was thinking about that the other day. I was, I, where was I? I was somewhere in line and I noticed that every single person, 
every person, including most of the kids, was carrying around a smartphone. That's amazing. That, that, and that's happened just over the last few years. Um, half the country didn't have one just six years ago. That's probably a lot to do with it, is that we have become even more and more disengaged, all right, because of our electronics. This is what I would tell you. A few things about trying to get friends back. You know, if you're, if you're looking, if you're a younger person and you're trying to make real life friends, um, you know, one of the things I try to remind people and try to remind myself is we're in a situation where we're trying to get to know new people. My kids are trying to get to know new people. And uh, number one, it takes time. You got to have a, you got to have a realistic idea about it, that you're not going to walk into some church somewhere and suddenly you've got all the uh, deepest friends you'll ever make. Now you will make great friends. My best friends, I'll tell you what, my best friends today, um, my best friends from the time I got married to now, so my, the best friends for Christy and I were members of a small group we were part of years ago. It took us a while to find the right small group. We needed a small group and I was the pastor of the church, right? So the hard part when you're the pastor is you go to the small group and everybody looks to you for all the answers and nobody wants to open up and they think you're judging them. There's all the stuff. I said, I need a small group where they don't care that I'm the pastor. I finally found that. I need a small group that if we meet and I just take a nap on their couch, they're fine with that. And uh, Or we go to the small group and I don't have to say anything. And I found that. And those people, our kids have grown up together and it's been great. But it took a while to find that. Previous to being married, the, the men who are my friends, my best friends, were in a small group together. But it took a while to find that. And then it took years for those relationships to develop. So it does, it just takes some time. And I feel like we're in a culture where we want everything now. We're just used to having it now, right? We got Amazon Prime, you know. Uh, I need to get a uh, a new set of batteries. I could just drive down to uh, the drugstore and get some, but no, I need them now. They're, you know, you can get them the same day. They'll overnight you some batteries. Sometimes you get them the same day just because the driver happens to be down the street or they brought out a whip and beat them or something to come down and deliver your stuff. And... Um, it doesn't work that way with the relationships. I think that's important for us to to realize. The next thing, though, that I think is is really important is for us to realize that other people are not obligated to be our friends. We are obligated to love them the way that we would like to be loved ourselves. And so one of the best ways to make friends is to be the friend to other people. Just wherever you are, you be the friend. Don't obligate others to become your friend. I think that's part of uh, we are so obsessed with ourselves these days. You know, and why don't people like me and why don't I have friends? And that's kind of where the the entire culture has gone, right? Instead, and this is harder to do maybe, but this is very biblical. You be the friend. You be the one who's encouraging. Be the person that you want to be friends with. And you know what will happen is you'll become attractive in a friendship way to that other person who's looking for a good friend. Because you want good friends, right? You don't want bad friends. Uh, you don't want friends, you, know, you want friends that are going to, you know, as one man sharpens, you know, as iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. That's the kind of friendship you want. All right. Um, you want friends who are wise, not who are fools. Proverbs thirteen twenty. whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. You know, you don't want to hang out with fools. You will suffer harm. I laugh at that. I think it's kind of funny, right? But you want to be with wise people. So you be wise yourself. And you know what? Wise people, you can say to yourself, oh, I'm not wise. Yes, you can. James 1, pray to God. I want wisdom. 
Be wise. Be that person. And wise people want to hang out with you. You'll make good friends. It takes time. But sometimes we sometimes we sacrifice good relationships just so that we can have relationships. And that's where you get the companion of fools will suffer harm. Uh, you got to be that person, all right, that you got to do. And then, you know, when you have some friends, when you have some people, do things that take you away from just sitting around. I've just found in 25 years of ministry and in my own personal experience that you make friends better when you're doing something, when you are going on a hike when you are going to a sporting event or playing sports, when you're having meals together, when you are in a book club, when you are doing something that is not requiring you just to stare at a screen for a couple hours and then you go home. Uh, You don't need friends for that. You can do that by yourself. Um, Take that time to do that. And if you're younger and you're listening, I do think it's harder. I think that it is much harder for you because there are so many things that compete for your time, that compete for how you identify uh, just as a person. And this is where the church matters. Not just going to church, but understanding what the church is. Understanding that the church is who you are, that you are made in the image of God that you have a friend. His name is Jesus. Nobody listening to this is without a friend. This is such an important thing for us to understand, that Jesus is your friend, and he is always with you. And he laid his life down for you. That's how much he loves you. And he's preparing a place for you. That's how much he loves you. That is for real. And you got to lean on that. I was having this conversation with my son the other day, you know, because he's trying to make friends. He's made a few friends. But it takes a while, right? And one of the things we were talking about is just just making sure that you realize that Jesus is always your friend. That is core to what it means to be a believer, right? That you really believe that, that it isn't just words on a page or something that you're hearing a guy on the radio say, but that you understand that you have a friend in Jesus. We used to sing a song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. We ought to bring that song back. Maybe just put a little beat to it or something if you don't like it, but bring it back. Because that matters so much. And then be a part of a church. That's another part of the pandemic that's taken people away from crowds, away from people is still something like 20% of people haven't gone back to church. Be a part of a church as best you can. Get in a small group. Don't be afraid to get out of a small group or Sunday school class if it's not fitting you. Give it some time. You know, give it six months or eight months or however long. You got to give it real time, okay? Relationships don't just happen. But don't be afraid to say, hey, you know what? This isn't working for me, but this can work over here. And ask God for those friendships. But the people who are at church, if they're believers with you, you have the foundations of life in common. And that is a much better place to build a lasting good friendship with and do those things. There's probably more advice, but we're done for this hour. And... uh So I hope that's very helpful. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. We'll be back with Hour 2 in just a moment. This is the Monday edition of SoCal Live. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.